Again, I'm Greg Bishop with Springfield's Morning News. You can always chime in live and local at 217-629-7970, or you can email bishoponair at gmail.com. So let's talk the Safety Act. Uh, Macon County State's Attorney Scott Reeder, uh, he talked about how he understands that there needs to be some conversations about cash bail in Illinois, uh, and he lays out some of his concerns about um, uh, this particular law that uh, seems to uh, take away discretion that uh, judges have when it comes to dealing with individuals who are awaiting trial. I understand the purpose of the law, the idea that we want to make it fair for those who don't have money. Uh, I, I certainly understand that. But all along, judges have had the ability to take that into account. Up until January 1st, the judge always has discretion on what to do in a case and can give any individual what's called a recognizance bond, not requiring them post any money whatsoever with conditions, just like the, uh, uh, the Safety Act, uh, although I refer to it as Elimination of Bail Act, because uh, I don't see much safe about it. But this, what it shows is the judge already has that ability to, to deal with those uh, inequalities that people perceive in the statutes without a major change in the law and a major upset in the way the system was organized. Frankly, it's going to create for a number of state's attorney's offices the need for additional staff in a time where it's difficult to hire people to be able to meet the goals and the objectives set out by this act. Uh, so with that, those are seem to be some of my concerns with this. So uh, with he, that, uh, I'll turn it over. He to lays Reverend. that out, and uh, he he has several other lawmakers there, uh, including uh, state representative Dan Calkins, state representative Brad Halbrook, uh, state senator. Uh, Steve McClure was there. You also have um, state uh, representative candidate uh, Lisa Smith, who was there as well. Uh, but ultimately, you know, Scott, he uh, the, the the Macon County State's attorney, uh, he talked about uh, staff morale and uh, how that could be really hurt by this. Uh, because, you know, you got to think about it's not just the uh, the low levels of staff that would have increased burdens uh, for for. Uh, you know, the, the issues of having to, to prove somebody's a threat in a shorter amount of time, so the constraints there. Um, but also you got to think about the morale for, uh, for law enforcement who are out on the streets uh, seeming to, to go after people, and then who knows, by the end of the day, before they can even clock out, they see that suspect uh, back out on the streets. And you got to imagine that uh, that's got to take uh, uh, quite a bit of the, the air out of somebody if they see that happen after uh, after going out and trying to find uh, the suspects and to, to somehow hold them accountable by arresting them. Uh, and here's the Macon County State's Attorney talking about uh, morale and staffing. Uh, so maybe a hundred of those, and it depends, you know, people move through the jail, uh, we don't know exact numbers will be. But about 100. Yeah, so uh, he also talks here about um, uh, how many people are going to be let out of uh, jail January 1st, as he sees, from Macon County Jail. Uh, and again, the, the morale here of you, you have law enforcement going out and catching these suspects. But then they find out, well, they're going to be they're going to be let go. Uh, and uh, that, that definitely uh, that could that could be a slap in the face. Uh, some see. Uh, so maybe a hundred of those. And it depends. You know, people move through the jail. We don't know exact numbers will be. But about a hundred, my guess is, will be people that will no longer be able to be detained. So those people will get out. Um, the question, unless it's not retroactive. It is retroactive, then the other 260 
we would have to decide as an office as of January 1st which ones we need to keep detained and file petitions on. There is also the possible impact of folks that have already made bond on serious cases that are already out that we could theoretically file petitions on to say, okay, you've posted a bond and you've been out, but now you get to come back to jail because uh, we filed and proved a petition for detention. So again, uh, just hearing from one state's attorney, there are 50 some odd state's attorneys and sheriffs across the state that have filed lawsuits against this. uh, And uh, those lawsuits have been consolidated into one that'll be heard in Kankakee County. Uh, But uh, some substantial questions still unresolved. uh, And lawmakers, they could come back after next week's election and uh, tackle this issue. We'll see if they ultimately do that. Take a phone call here at 217-629-7970. Good morning. What's up, Greg? I got a couple questions about this. Number one, what do you do with people in jail already waiting trial? Are you going to let them out now? Uh, you know, on a cashless bail type situation? Just say, oh, depending well, we depending on the crime and depending on if the well, prosecutors can prove that uh, that individual needs to be held behind bars. So, yeah. Well, um, here's the next thing. Uh, the situation with Nancy Pelosi's husband, it was awful. Terrible. Should never happen. But why is he any different than you or I? And if I'm not mistaken. You or I would uh, that person could be out on a, on a cashless bail. Yeah, and, I mean, and it's again, still, it's still and, gonna be a- yeah, and I'm not I'm not an expert in this particular law, uh, but uh, there are concerns that uh, you know certain individuals are going to be. Uh, let out and what is exactly a non-detainable offense. I appreciate the call. Governor J.B. Pritzker's pushed back saying there are no such things as a non-detainable offense. Uh, but State Senator Steve McClure, he talked yesterday about how uh, indeed there are. And one of those he lays out is arson. Uh, I've already I've already fact checked. I can assure you. You can be detained for two reasons. One, if you are one of these preset um, you're charged with one of these preset crimes, or if you're a willful flight, but only for certain crimes. And so arson qualifies if a person takes steps uh, to do an additional bad act, which is commit the, really it's a separate, a separate crime almost, of willful flight. If a person, once, once, once they, the only way you're going to avoid prosecution is if you do the act itself in the first place, or you're accused of the act itself. So you can't like commit two crimes at the same time and have one be a willful flight crime, the willful flight takes place after the initial crime has taken place. So if you do this additional bad act of a willful flight attempt, which is impossible to prove in almost every case based upon the, the, the statute, then you can be detained. But just on, you just commit arson, you're arrested, you can't be detained, period. Unless after you've done the arson, you're then trying to flee from law enforcement, flee from the court, that sort of thing. So you have to commit an, an additional bad act just on arson or just on uh, burglary or all these other things, you cannot be detained for those offenses, period. And that's because there's only certain offenses you can be detained for in the, in the law, but if you do an additional bad act of a willful flight then, or if you're uh, charged with arson and then go out and commit another crime, you're accusing it then. So you have to do an additional bad act. The crime itself, arson, is not a detainable offense. That is uh, State Senator Steve McClure talking about uh, what his understanding is of the law. Now, supporters of this pushing back, saying that uh, the Constitution protects the presumption of innocence. 
Now these prosecutors, they don't want to even allow people to defend themselves. And that's a statement from David Cannon of West Suburban Democratic Socialists of America. Uh, and that's just one group that uh, supports the Pretrial Fairness Act, an element of the Safety Act that's uh, being litigated in the courts. And uh, it's likely that uh, lawmakers are going to come back uh, the week after the election to to deal with this. Because uh, some people are calling it a purge law. Others are saying that it's important to uh, make the uh, judicial system more fair, uh, but you've got law enforcement and prosecutors across the state uh, who are concerned on a, a variety of different fronts about this particular law, uh, including an issue that deals with uh, tracking uh, criminal defendants. And uh, here is um, uh, Scott Reeder again uh, talking about some of the uh, the concerns they have in his office when it comes to uh, dealing with offenders being uh, let out for certain types of uh, certain types of things, like going to church or going to a job or something. Even though they may be on electronic monitoring, like home detention or whatever, that they're given a certain amount of time under the statute to be out to do grocery shopping or attend a church, I suppose, or, or whatever it might be, uh, where there's not really any monitoring going on, but yet they're still also getting credit for that time on the monitoring. So. Obviously, in terms of a safety concern, in terms of their ability to commit new crimes or, or to do other things towards uh, already people who have been victimized, there's a concern there. And that's true with any monitoring situation because even though they may have the monitor, at least when it's 100% monitored, we know when they're in the area of a potential victim. So it's uh, Macon County State's Attorney Scott Reeder. Uh, one last call here before the break. Good morning. You're on WMAY. Oh, let's go to it. Uh, good morning. You're on WMAY. You know, Greg, one of the things that drives me nuts about the quote-unquote safety act is the idea that uh, the governor keeps saying, well, it's somebody who doesn't have a couple of hundred dollars that keeps them in jail. Well, they don't have a couple of hundred dollars. How are they feeding themselves? Where are they living at? How are they taking care of themselves? Does it mean that a guy who's stealing to try to stay alive is going to just be left back out on the street to keep stealing, to keep trying to stay alive. Well, yesterday, I mean, it was brought up uh, by several that said that uh, in a lot of cases, they already let those individuals out in a lot of low-level cases, and that's something that the judge has discretion on already, is to be able to say, no, this individual, uh, they're, they're not a risk, they're not this, that, or the other, we're going to let them out on their own recognizance, and that's something, a standard that's already in law, allowing for judges to have that discretion. Now, this changes that uh, and uh, kind of takes away that judge's discretion to a degree, even though supporters are saying that that's not the case. Again, uh, this is because it was rushed through last minute, early January 2021, 4 o'clock in the morning in the Illinois Senate. Then it went into the Illinois House without any full thorough hearings, not thoroughly vetted. Uh, and then you have all these problems arising. So, uh, yeah, we're going to hear a lot more about this in the next week and in the week after that. Uh, so, we'll, of course, we'll uh, unpack that for you here with Springfield's